0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, it's the Rams versus the Bengals. Who you got? For the first time ever, legal wagering on the Super Bowl is expected to top $1 billion, with more than $7.5 billion being gambled across all forms of betting. We'll take a closer look at the explosion of sports wagering, with Ohio set to get their piece of the pie before the next Super Bowl. Also this morning between Valentine's Day and the big game, why this is the perfect weekend to show a little love to the local restaurants, bars, and taverns that we're all fans of. We'll get our weekend high school basketball preview with Finley High School head coach Jim Rookie, and you're sure to score big with your guests with our recipes for your Super Bowl party from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, February 11th, 2022. And now some of the first things you need to know this morning, the most buzzworthy stories of the day. A significant step was taken yesterday in the journey towards making the use of electric vehicles widespread in this country. The Biden administration announced the availability of $5 billion in federal money for the states to use over the next five years to begin building a nationwide network of electric vehicle charging stations. They want to put them every 50 miles along every interstate highway. Ultimately, that's what they want to see. Electric charging stations every 50 miles along interstate highways. The money is available under the infrastructure law that was passed last year. $5 billion to get this started. States have to submit their plans to... To the government and can begin construction as early as this fall if they focus first on highways instead of local roads, with the goal of allowing people to be able to take their electric cars long distances. Uh, Each station, the requirements are each station would have to have at least four fast charger ports, which would let drivers fully recharge in about an hour. And see, here's the problem that I have with that. I mean, certainly. If we are going to go electric with all of these electric cars and the manufacturers say that's the way they're going, then we're going to need electric charging stations. Whether we need them every 50 miles or, uh, or not, I, I don't know if we need them. You know, but here's the, here's the thing that I don't get. We already have a network in place, a massive network in place, of uh, vehicle recharging stations. We call them gas stations today. I mean, that's what that's what it is. I mean, they're... so why don't they take that $5 billion and incentivize gas station owners where possible to install charging stations at existing fuel stations rather than compete with the private sector by installing these government-run charging stations or government-built charging stations? Because that's the other thing. Once you build them, who then maintains them? Is it, is it the government? Is it, so why not turn this over and incentivize the private sector to install these charging stations at existing gas stations? because we have a huge network of those already why are we trying to reinvent the wheel to use a an automotive cliche i just don't get it and and so anyway but that's the deal five billion dollars in federal money for the states to use to create their own networks of uh, electric vehicle charging stations we'll see how that goes Uh, let's see. And then the other thing that I've uh, always said with electric vehicles, the key to getting widespread acceptance is figuring out a way to be able to charge the batteries in about the time it takes to fill up your car. So like five minutes and we're nowhere near that either to recharge a car's battery in five minutes or Make a hot swappable battery where you can just pull in, swap out the battery, and you're on your way. Um, you swap out your empty battery for one that's fully charged, and boom, you're you're back on the road. That would be the key to the widespread electric, uh, widespread acceptance of electric vehicles, in my opinion. But then again, what do I know? I'm just a consumer, you know. Some of the other. Uh, Buzzworthy stories to get your day started. This year's Super Bowl game could be the hottest on record. The LA Times reports that temperatures on Sunday could reach the mid to high 80s at kickoff. Now remember, it's what, 630 is kickoff here. That would be 330 in the afternoon in LA. And that's kind of the heat of the day. Mid to upper 80s at kickoff. And anything above 84 degrees would top the previous record. Uh, Temperatures are usually about 15 or 20 degrees cooler than that this time of year in L.A. And on top of this, the area is very dry, so fire danger is high. I'm guessing they're going to be strictly monitoring tailgate parties. Do they do tailgate parties before the Super Bowl? I don't even know if they allow that, but... NBC News reports a heat advisory in effect through Sunday evening in the Los Angeles area. In some areas, could be in the 90s during the day, but that will drop into the 50s at night. The good news, forecasters call for low humidity Sunday afternoon, which is typical for L.A. They get a whole lot of humidity, as it turns out. You would think right there by the ocean that it would be more humid, but not usually. Um, Of course, the Olympics are going on, and that's the other big story. world of sports. And this I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, Researchers say when it comes to Olympic medal winning athletes, obviously you want to win gold, but if you can't win gold, Olympians are usually happier to win bronze than they are silver or I, maybe I worded that wrong. Bronze medal winners are typically happier than silver medal medal winners. Not that they are happier to get third place over second place, but bronze medal winners are usually happier because the most easily imagined alternative scenario for civil, silver medalists is winning gold. But for those who win bronze, the most easily imagined alternative outcome is getting no medal at all. So while a silver medalist will say to themselves, geez, if I'd only done just a hair better, I could have won gold. A bronze medalist will say, well, thank goodness I didn't do just a hair worse and not end up with a medal at all. So you see, uh, bronze medalists typically are happier or more satisfied uh, than our silver medalists because of what could have been. It boils down to human psychology uh say researchers and uh i i just thought that was uh, really interesting the uh, uh, difference there between the mindset of silver and bronze so if you can't win gold at the olympics you're actually going to be better off psychologically to win bronze than you are silver as it turns out here is the latest covid disaster or potential disaster Have you heard about this? Fast food restaurants and coffee shops are dealing with a shortage of disposable cups. It is the latest issue caused by ongoing supply chain issues blamed on plastics shortages, along with port backlogs and increased demand for to-go meals from restaurants. So plastic cups or disposable cups are in short supply. Starbucks and Wetzel's pretzels have reportedly been hardest hit by the cup and container shortage. Another factor likely playing into the shortage is a lack of manufacturing workers as the disposable cup and disposable container industry lost nearly 600,000 workers in 2020 and has continued losing them since. A report from July of last year revealed that more than 50% of businesses who manufacture these things say they struggled to source adequate amounts of disposable takeout packaging for their businesses. So, this is a big deal. We don't have enough disposable cups now. Whatever will they do at Starbucks? Kind of interesting. Interesting. And one other item among the first things you need to know this morning as we get your Friday started. Nearly three years after it shut down because of financial problems, MoviePass is looking to make a comeback. They have plans to relaunch the service this summer. The founding CEO of MoviePass, Stacy Spikes, announced yesterday that they are coming back in its original form Movie Pass allowed subscribers to see movies in theaters as often as once a day for just ten dollars a month. You could see as many movies as you wanted, one a day for ten bucks a month, which is a great deal when ticket prices are usually over ten dollars for one film. As a matter of fact, it turned out to be a deal that was too good to be true, and the company went bankrupt because It was just a business model that was unsustainable. It was very fast growing, obviously, but uh, it ceased operations back in September of 2019. You recall, MoviePass went belly up. So Ms. Spikes, who recently bought the company out of bankruptcy, said the new version will be more financially viable. Now, it didn't reveal price specifics, but said that there would be tiered pricing plans and that it will incorporate technology uh, that would allow subscribers to earn credits for movies by watching video ads that will track your eyeball movements. And the ads will either pause or not give you any credit at all if you look away from your screen, (laughs) which is a little disturbing in and of itself but uh, they say that will uh, allow them to make enough money to be financially viable moving past so maybe uh, moving forward so maybe a new uh, iteration of movie pass coming back and initially movie theaters and studios were not enamored especially movie theaters were not enamored with the idea of movie pass but it given what's happened since and so few people actually going to the movies now, they might be more receptive this time out, I'm thinking. So it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with that. So there you go, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. A chance of rain or snow showers today with a high around 40. A chance of a rain snow shower tonight, a low of 24. Authorities raided two Finley houses on unrelated ongoing drug trafficking investigations. The Hancock County Metric Drug Task Force, along with the Finley Police Department emergency response team, executed search warrants at residences on Rector Avenue and on Garfield Avenue. Authorities say illegal drugs were found at both, and two handguns were recovered from the second. The investigation identified a total of four suspects, and authorities say charges of drug trafficking are expected at the conclusion of their investigation. A five-pump fueling station will not be coming to the Kroger on 6th Street in Findlay. After the City Planning Commission denied the store's application, Matt Cordonier is director of the Hancock Regional Planning Commission.
2: It's a pretty chaotic parking situation, and I think Planning Commission was just concerned that adding the gas station would just further make that site difficult to navigate.
1: Kroger made some changes to their original plan, but even with the changes, traffic remained a big concern and the potential trouble with access for emergency vehicles due to traffic flow and vehicle backups on or near the site. The Ohio Turnpike Commission has fired a snowplow driver who damaged dozens of vehicles and caused numerous injuries in January when he recklessly sprayed ice, snow, and slush on numerous vehicles. The Turnpike Commission says the driver was fired Tuesday. The State Highway Patrol says 18 people were injured and 55 vehicles damaged. Patrol spokesperson Sergeant Ray Santiago says the patrol's investigation has been turned over to the Erie County prosecutor in Sandusky to determine whether criminal charges should be filed against the driver. Dave James on in News. And you can see some video of that incident on our website. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is hoping to get off to a quick start against the Rams in the Super Bowl. We want
3: to get out to a strong start, but whatever the game calls for us, for, for, to, for us to win, we're going to go out and do. If we get behind early, you know, we're not going to panic. You know, maybe a comeback is gonna be necessary, but you know, we'd like to jump out early and kind of control the game.
1: The Bengals take on the Rams in Super Bowl fifty-six beginning at six thirty on Sunday. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: According to a MarketWatch report this week, the amount of money bet on Super Bowl 56 is going to top $1 billion for the first time, and that's just through legal sportsbooks and wagering platforms, not including casual bets between friends and office pools and so on. Uh, Joining us is Matt Shook, once again, content manager for PlayOhio.com and PlayMichigan.com, part of the Katena Media family of sites, has been with us on the uh, program before. A billion dollars, that's something like, uh, I think I read twice the amount wagered just uh, since last year the explosion in sports wagering is just staggering
3: yeah more and more states are coming on legally we're over half the states where you can place a sports bet right now and every month there's new ones coming in new york in january louisiana in january as well so ohio joining in the coming years but of course the bengals are in the super bowl so not an ideal year to be missing out, but uh, <laughs> nobody could have, nobody could have forecasted that unless you put a a nice futures wager down before the year started.
0: Yeah, and uh, that would have uh, pay off big time uh, had you done that. But uh, you know, Michigan obviously just uh, legalized uh, sports wagering, a lot of a lot of excitement in the state of Michigan uh, for uh, Matthew Stafford, still very popular figure uh, there uh, in uh, in your state.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You talk to the operators, and almost to a to a different operator. Uh, the the story is that the more bets are coming down on the Rams in Michigan, people are rooting for him, and of course, people look to the Bengals and they say, you know, this is a this is a team that you can replicate. I mean, it's a team that that uh, was the only franchise that didn't have a playoff win for a longer period than the Lions and so it's a, it's kind of a an inspiring story on both sides of it for people Yeah
0: in for this part of the country I mean you know these are both kind of uh, Cinderella teams and everybody loves the Cinderella story the the oddsmakers have the Rams as the favorite not by a huge margin though
3: Yeah I mean there's a lot of reasons to go with the Rams if you're looking at numbers if you're looking at the Bengals obviously struggling with the offensive line and the mm-hmm. pass rush situation with Aaron Donald and those guys on the Rams there's a lot of reasons to go with the Rams based on numbers, but it's a Bengals team that has overachieved obviously in the postseason, but it's statistically not even a great season for them. But when you have uh, Joe Burrow, you have Jamar Chase. I mean, obviously you got two guys that look like they're going to be elite players for a long, long time. And uh, you can kind of, if you have those kind of players that can fill in a lot of the holes for you. So I could see either side of it. I'm not someone who gives gambling advice. But uh, certainly I'll be rooting for Matthew Stafford to to look good on national television. But, of course, uh, Joe Burrow is a really likable guy. You know he's been around for a long time. Well,
0: And I I wonder, you know, that obviously the Bengals have been made out to be that Cinderella story uh, since they knocked off the number one seed in the Titans. And then, of course, obviously going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs there. And uh, people just kind of started looking at this and saying there's a lot to like here. How much wagering is based on that sort of likability and that underdog story? I mean, do those kind of narratives lead to a a lot of the way people wager, kind of on an emotional scale?
3: A lot of times it's the quote unquote public teams that get a lot of money. So yeah, Joe Burrow's a likable guy. We know he's a winning quarterback and has been throughout his entire career, but I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow's brands are high enough to call them a public team quite yet. Uh, LA it's, it's such a strange story with LA because it's Los Angeles. It's the second biggest market in the country, but right. on the other hand, it's not really a, a, a traditional football franchise that people think about. And Stafford's a name in the NFL, but he's not Brady, yeah. you know, not yeah. Rodgers, not quite at that level. So it's kind of like two teams that are new to the public sphere. So normally if the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, if uh, Aaron Rodgers is in the Super Bowl, you can kind of count on the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl getting a lot of bets on them. Mm-hmm. But this year's a little bit different in that neither team are really a public team. And I think you're seeing – Uh, A little bit more betting on uh, a team like Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. Because they're going up against another team who's not that traditional name mm-hmm. that you might have seen throughout the years.
0: Well, and and along those lines, I mean, is is that impacting either positively or negatively the the amount of money that's being wagered? You talk about these uh, staggering numbers, and obviously part of that is because it's legal to bet in more places now. Uh, but you do have somebody other than the Patriots, the Cowboys, the the Packers, you know, the Steelers, those blue bloods of the NFL. And it is kind of nice to see, you know, teams that we haven't seen uh, before.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it plays a small role, but I think the biggest thing is just the availability. Now. Yeah. Like it's the Super Bowl, right? I mean, right. people are going to bet on it. And yes, you're right. Like the public money goes in more for the Patriots and the Cowboys and those kind of teams. Uh, based on their brand but I think people are just going to be betting on the Super Bowl regardless
0: overall the odds makers have the uh, Rams as the favorite and sometimes you can look at those numbers and kind of see who the experts uh, believe is going to are going to win the game uh, and by how many points based on the line but it is interesting that sometimes the prop bets will tell you maybe a little bit about how they see the game playing out based on the over and under on passing attempts passing yards rushing touchdowns you know, those kinds of things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And when you think of the fact that, you know, these teams, they're going to have to throw the ball. And that's, of course, football in this this generation. But, mm-hmm. I mean, these are run defenses that have, have done really well in that regard, too. So you would think that it's going to come down to Stafford and Burrow. You see, like you said, those props are really high for those passing yards right now. When you got Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, I mean there's guys that are going to be putting up huge numbers, and whichever whichever one of those makes the most plays wins.
0: I also noticed the odds of Matthew Stafford scoring a second half touchdown are much higher than Joe Burrow doing the same. So that would seem to give me the idea that the sports books thinks this could play out as perhaps another second half comeback by the Bengals, which they have been kind of famous for.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I I think another thing to keep in mind though, is if it's low scoring, maybe the Bengals are winning and if Stafford's scoring a touchdown late, it might be from behind and he's throwing the ball too. Mm. So a yeah. lot of different considerations would go into a bet like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you would think that the Bengals want to keep it to uh, Cooper Cup, not scoring three or four touchdowns and, and, and keep it low scoring. Yeah.
0: Well. Uh, so where do things stand in Ohio? You, you were saying, you know, we're not live now. Uh, so no legal sports betting uh, in Ohio for Super Bowl 56, but uh, probably by this time next year.
3: Yeah, that's the deadline. They got to be live by uh, January 1st of next year. So next Super Bowl, certainly Ohio will be able to uh, to wager on sports. You know, Governor Dwayne signed it uh, right before Christmas there, so it's it's law. And now it's with the Casino Control Commission to try to get those rules together and move it along in the process. It takes a lot longer than people would expect. It happens in every state where we get impatient. We think it should be live right now. They they've broken it up into batches of rules. Um, and actually Friday today, 5 p.m., They are go- the deadline is to put some written comments out there. Mm. All the stuff's available at the Casino Control Commission. It's just licensure stuff, very granular things that they're working on right now. And the goal is to have the entire set of rules over to uh, legislative approval uh, by May or June. Does that mean it, it's done? No, there's other processes that have to ha- happen. The actual licensure, the uh, the operators getting their licenses themselves. Now, but that said... There are motivated party parties, as you can imagine, to get this thing up and running by the time football season starts next year. Will that happen? I don't know. But uh, January first, kind of being the the worst case scenario, it's the one that the regulator is laying out as the um, kind of setting that low baseline that that, that mm-hmm. low bar to, to, to crawl, but we'll have information at playohio.com throughout the year. Uh, my colleague Matt Cradell does a great job of uh, staying on top of everything in the legislative process throughout Columbus. And I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I hope that by, um, by football season next year, maybe even a little bit after it, certainly by the thick of things for the Ohio state season and and the second half of the NFL year. I'm hoping that it's live even before
0: January 1st. Uh, Again, playohio.com a great place to follow all the developments of how this is progressing through the uh, state legislature and such. And uh, Matt shook again, content manager for playohio.com and playmichigan.com part of the content media family of sites with us this morning, kind of breaking it all down, Matt, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, Chris, talk to you soon. Obviously, while every industry was affected in some way by the impact of the pandemic, America's more than 500,000 independent restaurants, bars, and taverns were hit especially hard. And even now, two years later, find themselves still trying to navigate unprecedented challenges from capacity restrictions to staffing shortages to supply chain issues and resulting increased operating costs. But this week, especially, patrons like you and I have the opportunity to step up and help these struggling entrepreneurs in a big way. And joining us this morning is Karen Grill. She is brand ambassador for the botanist Isla Dry Gin. And Karen, this statistic is just amazing. More than 90,000 establishments closing in the first year of the pandemic. Talk a little bit about how difficult these past two years have been for this industry and really how the future of independent restaurants uh, is now at risk.
4: Well, you're right. The The number is staggering. After two two years of navigating the challenges of the pandemic, neighborhood bars and restaurants are still struggling and are going out of business across the country. And without continued support, there's still over 500,000 local businesses that remain at risk of closure, and they could permanently close.
0: Now, The Botanist has partnered with the Independent Restaurant Coalition to support bars and restaurants during this incredibly challenging time, the likes of which most of these operators have never seen, never even thought that they would see. Tell us a little bit about this partnership and this, uh, and this effort.
4: Well, The Botanist has uh, started a partnership with the Independent Restaurant Coalition aimed at urging Americans across the country to go out and support their local bars and restaurants during this trying time. And in order to really reach the, the all corners of America, The Botanist announced it's their first ever TV commercial with a grand debut during the Super Bowl. Which is the biggest television event of the year. Awesome. And in support of the independent restaurant coalition and their critical work helping independent bars and restaurants continue to navigate the impacts of the pandemic.
0: And you know, the timing with this being Super Bowl week, obviously it's important that people show community support for their local bars and restaurants every week, but you know, we can really send a big message and provide a huge shot on the arm for these establishments right now on what typically is a big weekend for such establishments.
4: Absolutely. And the goal is to raise awareness by reaching millions of people.
0: So... Speaking of the big game, let me pick your brain here for a moment. You have uh, earned numerous national and international bartending titles in your career. Without asking you to give away all of your secrets, Karen, do you have any tips on making the perfect drink for the big party this weekend? Absolutely. And it's really simple. Uh, A great cocktail comes
4: down to great ingredients. And I'd love to show you how to make one of my favorite cocktails, the Botanist Gin Gin Mule. Okay. It's it's perfect for gameplay, whether you're watching the game at home or at your favorite local watering hole. The, the Botanist is a fantastic swap-in for vodka to elevate a classic mule. And to make this Gin Gin Mule, you'll need two ounces of the Botanist Dry Gin, three-quarter ounces of lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, and fresh mint. You'll add mint and simple to the bottom of a mule mug or a glass, muddle gently to release the oils from the mint, add your lime juice and botanist gin, and then fill with ice, top with ginger beer, and garnish with some lime and fresh mint. It's Mm. that simple.
0: Wow. And that is, that is, I love, I I love recipes like that that are really simple, but, but taste like they must be much more complicated and people will ooh and ah and you don't have to tell them how simple that was.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The, the combination of the, 22 wild forage botanicals within the botanist make even a simple cocktail elegant and complex.
0: Awesome stuff there. And again, you can, you can have that, enjoy that with your friends, order from your favorite uh, restaurant uh, and, and, you know, support them. Uh, because you're going to be eating a lot of food, obviously, this weekend and uh, be watching for the uh, commercial in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So pretty cool there uh, as well. Just something to keep top of mind for everybody this uh, Super Bowl weekend. Botanist brand ambassador Karen Grill with us this morning. Uh, An appeal on behalf of the Independent Restaurant Coalition. Karen, maybe you should change your name to Karen Bar and Grill. Uh, maybe in solidarity with I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give us the, uh, we're, you have a website where folks get more information uh, on this campaign.
4: We do. Uh, if you want to find out more about the Independent Restaurant Coalition, you can visit them at saverestaurants.com. And if you want some more recipes or to learn more about The Botanist, you can find us at com or on Instagram at botanistgen underscore us.
0: We'll link it up on our webpage. Karen Grill, thanks very much for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, it is Valentine's Day weekend. And yes, it is Super Bowl weekend. But we also have high school hoops action this weekend. And the Trojans have a... Busy weekend ahead. They are hosting Fremont Ross tonight in a rematch. And tippin Columbian comes to town tomorrow. Earlier this week, our John Marshall spoke with head coach Jim Rookie for the Coach's Corner.
5: Friday, it's Fremont Ross. The Little Giants will be looking to jump up and bite you after you spoiled the debut of their new gym just over a month ago. What needs to happen to get another win like the 19-point win you got Last time,
2: well, I think we need to play well, and you know, hopefully, we'll shoot the ball well at home. But uh, we didn't shoot very well last game against them. But we did some other good things defensively. But uh, they're playing pretty well right now. They've they've had a few wins. They they lost uh, really at the buzzer to St. John's last week. Played them uh, really tough, and uh, so uh, they've got a lot of speed and athleticism in all five positions, and um they can make things tough on you if they're playing well
5: and it is always uh, a fight when you see fremont ross because uh as much as the records mean a lot when it comes to playing a rival like that things tend to get thrown out the window
2: yeah i think uh they certainly have uh our game circled on their schedule and it's a big one for them and as it is for us and um You know, they're going to come in here getting ready for the tournament. And, uh, I think they, they like where they're, where they are at this point in the season.
5: Tiffin Columbian comes to your place on Saturday night. The Tornadoes have a 14 and four record, but three of those losses come by a total of 10 points. So they could very easily have just one loss. What do you expect from Columbian?
2: Well, they have a really nice team. They, they had a, they had a really nice team last year. They advanced to the regional um played us really tough over there last year. They only had one senior. Uh so they're having a good year. Like you said, they're they're very close to being uh you know, seventeen and one and, and um they've got a couple really nice players that can shoot the ball and um Travis does Travis Ken, their coach, does a nice job. He he assisted with us here for a year. Uh used to teach in in our school system and helped us out really good guy and um it's going to be it'll be a great game
5: you mentioned some shooters logan Beeston leads the lake division of the sandusky bay conference scoring 19 points a game he's also first in assists and second in steals and he seems to really be the one who makes it happen for them
2: yeah he's a really good player he's uh he's he's made a bunch of threes in his career he can really shoot it and he's strong and They've got some other guys that, uh, as I said, all all played last year, experienced. Um, They have a really nice team.
5: Right. Bryce Burns with 15. Jaden Myers adds a dozen. And all three of those are nearly deadly from long range. 38% or better from three, as you mentioned, that they can really shoot it. Uh, That would suggest that you'll have to come out and get a hand in the face so they don't just stand back and drop bombs over your defense.
2: Well, you know, we always, uh, one of the keys for us always is just being very active defensively, not sitting back and letting people be comfortable. And when we do that, we're, we're pretty good defensively.
5: Finley boys basketball coach Jim Rookie, thanks for your time and good luck with your busy schedule this week.
2: All right, thanks a lot,
0: John. Back-to-back home games this weekend versus Fremont Ross tonight and Tiffin Columbian tomorrow both right here on WFIN. Other games this weekend on our family of stations. Riverdale is at Liberty Benton in BBC action on 100.5 WKXA tonight and Ottawa Glandorf at Defiance tonight and at Lexington tomorrow over on 106.3 The Fox. And you can follow all the area games in real time online. The WFIN scoreboard page powered by score stream and presented by owens community college that is at wfin.com scoreboard and also linked up at goodmornings.net and of course catch the coach's corner with john marshall wednesday nights at 6 p.m live from ralphie's and anytime on demand at wfin.com
5: we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert
0: Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you is a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Quite a bit of broken news this morning. We begin in New Mexico, where a man is under arrest after allegedly breaking into a woman's home, taking a bath, eating some shrimp, and drinking a beer before being caught. (laughs) Uh, The uh, homeowners actually caught him red-handed, according to uh, news reports. uh, Terrell Christensen, age 34, apologized to the homeowners and gave them $200 for the window he broke to gain entry before walking off. (laughs) Well, at least he he was nice enough to pay for the window that he broke. You know, that's the least you can do. Uh, the, uh, owner of the home said the individual was extremely embarrassed and apologetic about the entire situation. <laughs> All righty then. Uh, the, uh, suspect said, uh, that he, the reason that he had done it, apparently he was uh, driving across the country, uh, but his vehicle broke down, uh, outside of town and he was, uh, hungry, so. Well, I guess I can perfectly understand. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. It is good to know that there are still some good Samaritans out there. Uh, Chris Ford lives in England. He's 67 years old. He was on the beach after a recent storm when he saw what he thought was a woman in trouble. So he went to help out, only to discover it was a silicone female adult doll that was missing its head. (laughs) But at least he tried to help. You know, he saw somebody he thought was in trouble. He tried to help. Just turned out it was a uh, doll. He called his wife over to take pictures, and they uh, had a good laugh, speculating where the doll may have come from. (laughs) Washed up on the beach. And uh, police in Malaysia can breathe easier, knowing it wasn't a body wrapped in plastic left behind a motorcycle shop. Authorities had received a call about a potential dead body in an alleyway this week. However, upon further investigation, it turns out the body was just a discarded mannequin. <laughs> but again, at least people were concerned enough to call. We've had those stories about uh, you know mistaken mannequins and <laughs> dolls. That kind of thing before. They're always kind of fun. Patrons at a social club in Grit, Great Britain uh, had an unusual encounter recently. Witnesses say a pig wandered into the Easington Colliery Club in County Durham, England, sometime after 10 p.m. on Tuesday. Patrons said the pig was very friendly and approached them for affection. Kind of like a dog would. Just walked up, one and petted. The staff of the bar lured the pig outside with chips and cheese and contained the animal in the club's fenced-in garden. The uh, manager posted about the pig on Facebook, and the pig's owner got in contact within about 15 minutes and uh, came to collect their pig and take, take him home. <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest part of that story that I love is, imagine going home from the bar afterwards and telling your wife, you'll never believe what happened. There was a pig that wandered into the bar. <laughs> yeah, sure, honey. How many you, How many did you tie one on? That's. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, this is why you always have to pay attention to your surroundings. A man says he was attacked by a woman holding a machete in Briar Creek, North Carolina recently. He said he was sitting in a red light on the Briar Creek Parkway When a woman got out of the car next to him and started yelling at him, saying, I need you to fix this problem, fix my car, fix the problem, the man said he told her he had no idea what she was talking about, but the woman started banging on the passenger side door and yelling, she then walked away and came back wielding a machete, banging it against the windows until one of the windows of his car finally broke. The man says she then started poking the knife around inside his vehicle, through the broken window, slashed parts of his car. The woman then got back into her own car and drove away before police could arrive. (laughs) Whatever the problem was, it must not have been serious enough to keep her from driving away. Anyone with information on the incident asked to contact the Raleigh Police Department in North Carolina. Again, try explaining that to your insurance company. I mean, explain to them how you're making a claim for this damage. I swear, there's a woman with a machete uh, on the side of the road just started slashing my car for no apparent reason. That's, that's crazy. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Speaking of cars and uh, odd things, drivers in Seattle of Mazda vehicles... Between the model years 2014 and 2017 have reported a strange problem. Their radios are stuck on the local NPR station, and they can't change them. <laughs> the radio station confirmed it had been contacted by multiple drivers of Mazda vehicles in those model years who reported the HD radio in the infotainment center of their vehicles was stuck on their station. The drivers claim the radio is frozen Uh, And the visuals on the dashboard screen are constantly rebooting, causing uh, a visual and audio hazard. I would imagine this could be very distracting. You don't want that behind the wheel. Uh, KUOW Radio released a statement saying, We have been in contact with the company who owns the technology behind the radios, and we have given them complete access to our transmitters, and our systems to investigate what is causing the issue. They don't know if it's, the, if it's a problem with the software in the car or something that the radio station is doing. Mazda said in a statement that affected customers should contact local dealers who can submit a request to the company's warranty department on their behalf and uh, hopefully get it repaired once they figure out how to repair it. I don't know. I mean, the way I look at it, If uh, people's radios were stuck on our radio station, I don't see a problem there. (laughs) I don't think that's necessarily a problem. I got to admit, it's uh, (laughs) good for ratings. (laughs) And uh, finally, in the uh, broken news, a couple of real estate listings that are uh, rather interesting, eyebrow-raising. The owners of a mansion in Northeast Ohio, are selling their six-bedroom, eight-bathroom property. What makes this listing unique is it features a replica of the Oval Office. (laughs) Real estate agents say the owners are American history buffs and built a full-scale replica of the president's office inside the home back in 2015. Uh, It's uh, 9,600 square foot. The uh, home in its entirety sits on five acres of wooded land and includes a Shakespearean balcony over the living area, home theater, swimming pool, 19-foot ceilings, and of course, an oval office. It is located in Kirtland Hills, about a half hour outside of Cleveland. The current asking price, just over $1.8 million. And if that doesn't trip your trigger, how about this? A former nudist ranch is up for sale outside of Las Vegas. <laughs> The the former Sun Rancho, is in Sandy Valley on the California-Nevada border. It was a nudist ranch for about a dozen years up until 2007 when it closed. The two-and-a-quarter acre property has seven bedrooms, five bathrooms, asking price a mere $475,000. It's actually a pretty good price for a nudist ranch, I think. There you go. Uh, That is today's Broken News Report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
4: When a student lacks basic needs, like food, clothing, and learning materials, attending school can be a challenge. And
1: that can make it impossible
4: to thrive. At Communities in Schools, we address this issue by ensuring that students have everything they need to
1: re-engage in learning. Access to technology and school supplies. And even emotional support. By bringing Communities of support to students. We are achieving equitable learning conditions. Learn more at communitiesinschools.org. This message provided by WFIN.
0: And now, your daily download the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Talking about the uh, Super Bowl uh, this weekend, it is also Valentine's weekend. So especially if you're going to take control of the TV on Sunday, you better spend Saturday with your sweetheart. And if your idea of a great Valentine's Day evening is just curling up on the couch with your sweetie and a romantic movie, you are not alone. 82% of Americans are going to be doing just that, according to a recent survey from the streaming service Voodoo. But what do you watch? Uh, Google Trends data shows the most popular movies state-by-state, the most popular movie choices for Valentine's Day state-by-state. And there are some surprises. Overall, the most popular movie is the 1988 Eddie Murphy classic, Coming to America. Now, that is the last one that I would have guessed. But uh, that romantic comedy was liked by people in the most states. Delaware, Georgia, Louisiana, Maryland, and South Carolina all ranked it as number one, interestingly enough. Now, a number of states, I thought this was kind of interesting. According to Google data, a number of states prefer movies that are set within their own borders. For example, New Yorkers uh, said Enchanted with Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. That is set in the Big Apple. That is their favorite in New York. Californians said Clueless. Was a great uh, Valentine's movie. And of course, that's set in LA. In Hawaii, the number one romantic film is 51st Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, and that is set in Hawaii. And Illinois picked 16 Candles, uh, the Molly Ringwald classic, which was set in Chicago. And uh, also in Pennsylvania, the number one romantic movie silver linings playbook the oscar winner starring bradley cooper and jennifer lawrence that was set in and shot in philadelphia uh, also among the rankings some very odd pairings the state of nebraska uh, has a, a big heart for real genius the 1986 comedy stars val kilmer and gabriel jarrett as two super smart college students who develop a super laser, they discover the government wants to use as a weapon. <laughs> there is a romantic subplot, but not maybe one you would expect to pick for Valentine's Day. But that's what they said in Nebraska. And another big uh, question mark uh, on the best Valentine's Day, most popular Valentine's Day list Uh, The Oscar-winning 1997 Holocaust film Life is Beautiful was a favorite Valentine's Day watch in Nevada and Florida, according to the rankings. Why? I don't know, but that's what they picked. Life is Beautiful. Maybe they just like the title. I don't know. Uh, Ohio's favorite, by the way, Wedding Crashers. So, the number one most popular Valentine's Day film in the Buckeye State, Wedding Crashers. So, there you go. If you need an idea for Valentine's Day movies, uh, maybe you can start there. And now, once again, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio for another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. And, uh, what? (laughs) Just the way you said that, Cairo's kitchen. Well, it's big. It's big important stuff here, Uh, especially with the uh, Super Bowl coming up. We've got a uh, collection of recipes perfect for your Super Bowl party uh, this Sunday. Yep. Who day? Who thinks um, they could beat those bingos? Nobody. <laughs> uh, go bingos! We, we also have uh, we also have Valentine's Day weekend, so I suppose you could you could make these for Valentine's. With Day. With my husband, not,
6: it is not Valentine's Day weekend. You know, it is not it's, Monday. It's, is the, it's Super Bowl. <laughs> Monday. Hey,
0: it's been thirty three years. I
6: know. I know. Um, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and besides, <laughs> Monday is the day. So Monday
6: is the yeah, day. So, yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but these are uh, great recipes for your uh, Super Bowl party and we begin with pizza sliders.
6: Yes. So which uh
0: you can you can do a couple of different ways?
6: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can do these so um with this a uh, half a cup of butter melted, uh 1 teaspoon of Italian seasoning and 2 tablespoons of grated parmesan. Uh, one teaspoon of uh, garlic powder, 12 dinner rolls, one and a half cups of Miracle Whip, uh, 12 slices of mozzarella cheese, eight slices of your uh, thinly sliced pepperoni, um, and six slices of uh, s- thinly sliced hard salami, and then your pizza sauce. Okay. So preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Line a baking sheet with a parchment paper or foil. Uh, spray uh, lightly with your cooking spray. In a bowl, mix your uh, mix the butter, the Italian seasoning, the Parmesan, and the garlic powder. Uh, then with a large serrated knife, slice your rolls in half. Uh, separate the top from the bottom. Uh, place the bottom part on the, your prepared baking pan. Uh, spread your Miracle Whip on the bottom of the rolls, mm-hmm. um, layer on half of the cheese, then all the pepperoni, the salami, the remaining cheese, spread your pizza sauce on top, then place your place the roll, the top of the roll, on top of the pizza sauce. Right. Uh, brush with your butter mixture evenly over the rolls, cover the rolls loosely with foil, bake in a preheated oven until the rolls are lightly brown, and then uh, the... And the cheese is melted about twenty five minutes. Uh, remove the foil and let it bake for about three to five more three to five more minutes, and that'll kind of make the the top of the roll nice and crispy and yummy. okay so and then uh, slice individually and uh, serve. Simple as that. Uh,
0: you can you can add whatever other uh, pizza oh, yeah. toppings yep. uh, you want yep. to. This yep. is another or one of those. This is where... one of
6: those where you could take it apart and put your lettuce and onion on afterwards, or whatever. I okay. mean, you could do that. Well, I know. was
0: thinking if you if you like mushrooms or yeah yeah you know,
6: yep. Yep, peppers, if you want to put any of that stuff on any it, any of that stuff yeah. would uh, yeah, work. Whatever you like on your pizza. With your pizza ones, you just you do it this way, and it's um, uh, lettuce and onion then afterwards. So, but okay. yeah.
0: All right. Pizza sliders. Uh, and then uh, you can't have a Super Bowl party without dip. And uh, this is a Buffalo Ranch chicken dip that you can do that you can either bake. Or you can do in your slow
6: cooker, right? And so. you can make it hot, or you can make it not so hot. Okay, so whatever you want to do. So, uh, one and a half cups of shredded cooked chicken, one eight ounce blo- block of cream cheese, softened. Uh, your that's this is where it comes in. Your hot, your uh, hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So. To whatever taste you like, a one ounce packet of ranch dip mix, a half a cup of crumbled blue cheese, a half a cup of sour cream, and then your uh, crackers or chips or pretzels to dip.
0: Or your veggies. Or yes, or if your you want to go whatever. healthy.
6: Yeah, if you want to go healthy. I don't know why you want to do that, but <laughs> yeah. you can for this. You can <laughs> yes. So preheat your oven to three hundred fifty degrees. In a medium bowl, combine the first six ingredients until blended. Then spoon, spoon into your uh, shallow uh, prepared quart baking dish. Bake for about 20 minutes or until your mixture is heated through and stir. Um, the alternate you can do is put it in the bowl. Sclo- Put mix your six ingredients, put it in the slow cooker, and uh, cook on high for about one and a half to two hours.
0: Okay, simple as that. Yeah, and then the advantage uh, with that is you can serve it right from right the slow the cooker. Pot and and it can and stay hot. It can stay warm. Yeah, yeah you can just put it yeah. on the keep warm setting. Yeah, uh, so that's easier. But if you do it in the oven, you'll it's, note that yeah. the sliders and the ch- uh, buffalo Ranch chicken dip are both at 350 yeah uh both about the same time the dip is going to be done a little bit earlier right uh than the uh, sliders will yep. but you can combine those two do them at the same time yep save yourself a little <laughs> you're time you're gonna have that a way.
6: crispy top if you, you do it in the oven so oh okay yeah all
0: right yep. so m- worth making note of yeah and then uh for your guests to enjoy, a little bit of a sweet treat here, No Bake S'mores Bars.
6: Yes. So eight cups of golden graham cereal, eight cups of miniature marshmallows divided, one and a half cups of milk chocolate chips, a half a cup of light corn syrup, five tablespoons of butter, and one tablespoon of vanilla extract. Quarter cup. I'm uh, sorry. Did I? Quarter you said cup. A half, and I'm the sorry, recipe quarter says quarter a quarter. So yep, quarter, quarter cup. cup. Okay, like corn syrup. Okay. Um. So butter a nine by thirteen pan. Measure the cereal out and place it in a large bowl. In a medium saucepan, heat your six cups of marshmallows, uh, the chocolate chips, the corn syrup, and the butter over low heat. Stir occasionally until melted. Remove from the heat and then put add in your vanilla extract. Uh, add the melted chocolate. Uh, mixture to the cereal mix until evenly coated let the mixture sit for a minute or so to cool and then stir in the remaining marshmallows. So then you got some chunks of marshmallows okay. in here. All um, right. Then press the mixture into a prepared pan. Let sit for about um, about an hour or so, if you can resist. <laughs> <laughs> these are so good. I love these. These are like one of my favorites. Yeah, store at room temperature, and uh, that's it. And enjoy. Yes.
0: Um, as simple as that. By the way, that one would be good as a Valentine's Day treat yeah. as you and your sweetie are curled up on the yes, couch watching with, football. A, <laughs> with a romantic movie. Well, I was going to say with a romantic movie. <laughs> oh, okay. So you can do that Saturday night. That's yeah, fine. That's Sunday true. is for football. But Saturday <laughs> night, you can, you have, can, a, you can yes. have a romantic movie mm-hmm. and uh, make your no-bake s'mores bars. Yes. And, uh, We're doing little, it, honey. <laughs> a little sweets for your sweet there. <laughs> uh, recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. We do have those posted at the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, which is new, by the way. If you haven't liked the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, all of the recipes are there so you can... Uh, reference them easily, go yep. back and find recipes from, you know, earlier yep. uh, that you may want to go back and, and grab. And uh, also going to be sharing some other stuff there on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. And we also have that linked up at the WFIN Facebook page. So you can uh, find the recipes there and find Kyra's Kitchen's page yes. uh, from the WFIN page. <laughs> and it's all linked up at GoodMornings.net as well. So you can't say that you couldn't find it. <laughs> it's, it's, we've got it linked up everywhere. <laughs> and, of course, if you have a recipe that you want to share or you have a request that you would like a recipe for, uh, you can send us a request. mornings at WFIN.com. And we'll pass it along and uh, we'll do what we can with yep. that. So good stuff there. And uh, what's your uh, pick for the final of the Super Bowl?
6: What's my pick? Yeah. You mean the score? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's going to be tight. I I think it's going to be a good game. I do. I think it will be too. Yeah.
0: And I think the Bengals come back... Yeah, like they have like done. they have done. Yep. Every game. Field goal
6: with, with uh, McPherson. Goal,
0: maybe a field goal as time yep. expires because yep. that seems to be their MO. Yep. yep. And I'm going to say like 31 28.
6: 31 28. I was thinking 34
0: 31. Oh, okay. That would be good too. All yeah. right. So we'll uh, find out. Anyway, uh, my wife, Kyra with her recipes for your Super Bowl party this weekend. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Coming up Monday, it is an unfortunate reality of romance that many relationships won't stand the test of time, and that can get messy. We'll talk about how to protect your personal data in case of a bad breakup in the digital age. Plus, we'll get America's first impressions of the big game from the commercials to the halftime show to the action on the field itself. We'll talk Super Bowl analytics with the folks from Google. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day, a great weekend, Booty! We'll catch you back here on Monday.